Tell us a little bit about this handwritten letter that you've got on the website. Yeah, that's one of the, the letters that I had received from Bonin. They have very dull lives, and we became actually in the jail. They're like soapbox operas, and they are very lonely. And I still have two other of the freeway killers who are in Mule Creek Prison in California who write to me also. In fact, they actually even call me and chat with me on the telephone because they're so lonely. And so I wanted to put out a letter, which I did on my website, just to give people some insight into how these people think. Something interesting. Everybody thinks that serial killers are all crazy. And actually, in order to be a successful serial killer, you can't be too crazy, because if your thoughts are too disordered, you'd get caught right away. And these men do not want to be caught. They want to kill as long as they can. Arthur Jackson, the one who killed Teresa Saldana, or attempted to actually, she was an actress, and he was from Scotland, came here, wanted to kill her. He had the delusion that they were soulmates and that he had to kill her so that they could be joined in heaven as doves together and that then they would spend eternity together. But the other freeway killer, the hillside strangler, the trash bag murderer, John Holmes, none of these men were psychotic. They're sociopaths, meaning they have no conscience. But they're not crazy in the term that people think they are. I'm preparing a next book, and in this next book, I'm going to work very hard on describing how these people become serial killers, what happens to their brain, what causes them to be this way. And I already have some speculation as to what causes a person to become a serial killer, and that's some damage to the frontal lobe which is our impulse control, uh, childhood trauma, sexual or physical abuse, and also a diagnosis of obsessive-compulsive disorder, which drives them. The freeway killer was a truck driver, and he would ruminate all day about his next victim and what the next victim would be like, the next young boy. And he couldn't hardly wait until he got off work every evening to go out. And over the two-year period, he killed the 21 kids. He was, and they think probably that 20 years earlier, he had killed. In fact, one of his buddies told me that he had killed about 25 people, much like your serial killer that's current there now. He had killed about 40 people in all, but 20 years earlier, he had killed about 25 and buried them in the desert. Then he got bored with killing, and it was a lonely thing because he did it all by himself, and he totally stopped killing for 20 years. And then he took it up again. And I'm wondering if that's what's going on with Darren, the man you're currently dealing with back there. They like recognition. They like having their names. Bonin would keep clippings of the killings of the boys from the newspapers so that he could pull those out, reread them, and re-experience the crimes. They also like to, after they're caught, they like to talk about the crimes for the same reason. They like to see pictures of the victims, and then they relive that excitement. 
serial killers oftentimes will start out with a simple murder, but then they get bored with a simple killing, and then they go into torturing. And then they devise different kinds of torture in order to get that same excitement again that they did with the initial kill. And that's certainly what the Hillside Stranglers did when they would begin then to experiment with their female victims like they did. There was another serial killer here in our area, Randy Kraft, who would kill young servicemen typically. And he got his kicks out of cutting off their genitalia and torturing them or ramming something up their rectum or you know, some other kind of thing. Another killer I talk about in the book is the Sunset Killer. He would have women down on their hands and knees. Can I say blowjob? Yes, Oops. yes, or, yes, you just okay. did. Yes, tell us all about it, Vonda, tell us, go. <laughs> tell oh, us. I have to tell you, there's a bunch of stuff that in this book is very racy. It is definitely not a clinical book, and some humor, too. But anyway, while they were down on their knees, giving him a, a good blowjob, he would, you know, enjoy it for a while, and then he would kill them. After, shoot him perhaps, in the head or whatever, or just cut their throats. Then later, he would put the heads in the fridge and keep them. He had a girlfriend, and he would have the girlfriend put makeup on him, and then he would do all kind of sexual stuff with the head later on. Yeah. I don't know how you could do that, some cold head. <laughs> Seems like that would be a real turnoff, but it didn't turn him off. Yeah, apparently it didn't. Uh, we're going to do this. We're going to take another time out. When we come back, we'll keep talking. Vonda Pelto, you can get more information at her website, withoutremorsebook.com. Coming back with more here on the broadcast. <laughs> 